Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturay, who make metabolically supportive food supplements and skincare soon. Our skincare should be here in the end of February. It's been a long road. I know we've been saying it's coming, it's coming, but end of February is the date, which is exciting. Um, I'm your host for this episode, or I should say your co-host. I'm also joined by Craig McDonald, aka Sausage, which is a nickname he picked up in our Win at Life program, Paul Craig, who is also the co-founder of New Strength, but is also heads up coaching and coaching development and our app development um, and manages our coaches in our program. And we have decided this year to do some more podcasting and every week release a shorter episode um, just, you know, on all things training, nutrition, you know, so that we can help you reach your body and health goals in a healthy and sustainable way. So welcome, Craig. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Great pleasure. So uh, just before we get into it, I just thought it might be good for Craig to talk a little bit about, you know, who he is and his history and why he got into coaching and his experience. Um, so Craig's an ISSN sports certified nutritionist and also a recomp certified coach, which is not an easy certification to get. Um, Jake's our one of our senior strength coaches has also got the certification. So maybe just quickly talk a little bit more about that certification and, you know, your, your coaching experience and why you got into this. Yeah. So the, um, ISSN sports nutrition certification was uh, designed by the International Society of Sports Nutrition. And it, it basically come about um, as a way to offer specific sports nutrition advice. So um, what di- dietitians would offer is, is not what I offer. They, you know, they've got a, a greater scope of practice than I do. Mine's very much specifically around sports nutrition and you know, body composition change um, and, and dealing with, with more of those sort of specifics. So um, that certification was, was uh, focused around that. And uh, the, the body recomposition certification, which was done through Recomp, was basically just more of a practical exam. So you, you, you pass a sports nutrition exam and then you do a, uh, eight week, uh, an eight-week test where you do a strength test. And then uh, over that next eight weeks, you've got to go through and basically recomp your body so you can uh, actually demonstrate you know what the hell you're talking about um and Quite hard though like the point system is like it, it's it's not an easy yeah. certification to get yeah look i yeah. mean it's it's it, you do your skin folds and you basically get more points if you can put it on more lean body mass during that time and and and, and lose fat um you know, and, and some people could raise an eyebrow around how that's actually done and, and how accurate it is. But at the end of the day, um, you're using objective data to actually show that you've made an increase uh, in strength as well as you know, gain some muscle and lose body fat. Um, I also did pictures of mine, so there was definitely a, a change at the end of that eight, week, eight weeks. And there's a, a, a quantitative uh, measure that, kind of says, well, you need to get this many points based off your current composition in order to actually pass the practical assessment. So um, I really liked the way it was designed. It was, it was, it was cool. Um, and uh, I went through that back in 2014. 
uh, we're now in uh, 2022, which is I'm like, well, it's actually quite a decent amount of time ago. Eight but uh, yeah, but I, I got into coaching uh, at the end of 2012, um, mainly because uh, I was completely obsessed by nutrition and training and I've pretty much lived my life following all of my jobs based off the things that I just enjoyed doing. <laughs> um, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I left school. I was like, oh, I like playing guitar, so I'm going to go and work in a guitar shop. And I was in the music industry for 10 years after that and went into product manager roles and different things. And then after that, I went into corporate. I lasted six months. I was like, I absolutely hate this. What do I enjoy doing? Oh, all I do is train and learn about nutrition and do all that stuff. So I, I went down that rabbit hole. And here I am, however many years later. So... That's pretty much it in a nutshell. I uh, I love uh, what we do. I love continuing to learn. And I think one of the biggest things that excites me the most about, um, you know, training and nutrition, and it's a, it's a forever evolving landscape. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with people who are a hell of a lot smarter than me and be a complete pest and pick their brains and continue to learn. And, and there's just there's just so much you know, uh, well, there's so much information out there, but there's uh, so much great information in terms of what the actual um, truth is about dieting and, and, and training. There's so much fads and especially this time of year um, mm. coming about. And I, I really like understanding what the, the truth is behind it all. And, uh, you know, trying to shift through all the, the garbage that's out there and, and present um, the things that matter to people in a way that hopefully that they can understand mm. and, uh, you know, um, problem solve in a way that, you know, here are the outcomes that we we need based off you and everything that you've got going on and your schedule and kids' life and all that sort of stuff. How do we solve these problems? And that's the way I kind of look at coaching. It's It's just one big problem to solve. Everyone's very unique uh even their background and their perceptions toward things and that um constant navigation is kind of what keeps me going because it's exciting to new learn new things and implement new things and seeing things come to fruition and see people get results it's it's really exciting so and then he's also been heavily influenced by um you know there's that side of it too and i think and then obviously you met me and i just started working with emma and found ray pete's work and kate deering and then you know of course kitty's you know Bull up a bull up a well bullet a gate I should say or yeah. a cut up a drain pipe um and you've got got Craig onto it too and then yeah you sort of combine the two I think you know all the stuff you've learnt you know through all your coaching and the ice and sports the certification and recon body composition with this pro metabolic eating. Um, well actually I think we both combined it together because I always remember working in the gym with Craig and I'd watch him when we bought our gym, I'd watch him train clients and I was like, oh, there's this like system that you take them through. I can see it all with the movements. Like you've got this like regression system. And I was like, fuck, we can put that into a system and we could do this group training. Then we've learned all this stuff about nutrition and, you know, let's package it up and put it into this awesome system that women can use to actually like, you know, eat real food again and, you know, change their body and get strong. And, and yeah, so I think that's probably how it really evolved. And then obviously we did the online program that we've got um, now, but yeah, no, I really, you know, I, I value your experiences and, you know, the whole around the tracking and the strength training. Cause I think sometimes that's, you know, I find like a lot of women when they come into this like primitive eating world, like they just, there's some things that are missing. I think like practical things, yes. 
um, which, you know, a lot of the stuff that you've taught me, it's just been so valuable. You know, I've just got so much knowledge now around my own body and what works for me and, you know, do my diet and we don't even do my training program now because I'm too annoying, but um, Jake does it. Our other coach, <laughs> Kitty, too annoying. But yeah, it's, it's, it really has set me free, you know, and it was so interesting. We, I was saying to Craig, like, we're just having this discussion after holidays you know, I used to be a big booze hound and over this, I don't drink a lot now. Like I drink, I'd say I probably drink like once a month, maybe once every couple of months, but then at Christmas time, you know, leopard never changed its spots really. And uh, I just got so blind on Christmas day. I don't know what happened. I just sort of like started drinking with my mom and then, you know, like it was like 11 hours later, I was so hung over the next day. Anyway, then I caught up with all these friends. So every second day I was like, just having some champagne. I was like to Craig, I'm just going to go lunch with the friends. I'm not drinking today. Come home. Oh, I just had some champagne. Anyway, I had the best time. You know, I didn't prep any food. I didn't track any food. I just pretty much ate reasonably similar to what we would normally eat because, I mean, I ate food that I love every day. I only trained twice because I had this annoying sort of cough towards the end of the year as well. And I jumped on the scales at the start of holidays, jumped on the scales at the end of holidays. My weight's the same, exactly the same. You know, and I think I couldn't have got to this place unless I'd tracked and strength trained and learned all this stuff. You know, it was, it's just, I think, so freeing too. Like I really still, you know, now I've prepped all my food and tracked everything. So, you know, it's back to work, more stress, you know, we're busier. So I really value having everything prepped and, you know, being able to balance my blood sugar and, you know, because I think it is on holidays, you're not stressed. It's so fun, you know, and you just relax and you get up when you want. And, um, but anyway, you know, I think, um, you know, a lot of women, they go through these holiday periods stress because they're like under eating before their holidays, starving themselves. And they just go and like binge eat the whole holidays because they've been restricting. And then they jump, you know, come 2000 and bloody, you know, whatever the new year is, they just jump on the next, the next fad diet. Um, and that's what this podcast is about is I think it's our, our top tips, five top tips so that you can actually, you know, achieve your body goals or weight loss goals and health goals this year um finally and not have to keep doing the same shit every every year and you know going to those holiday season and thinking okay because that's what I used to do I'd be like okay, I'm gonna do keto or I'd get back on the 1200 calories and I'd just think okay I'm just gonna be strict and I'll lose the weight it was just this annoying vicious cycle so um yeah these are our five five top tips to focus on but quickly before we jump into that I uh Wanted to talk about our brand new program that we have released called the seven day eat more train less get results challenge. And, you know, we, we developed this program because we want to show women that they can eat more and train less and, and get really good results and improve their health and lose weight and tone up. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you don't have to eat 1200 calories, 1500 calories. You don't have to flog yourself six to seven days in the gym and do endless hours of cardio to, you know, achieve a tone and athletic body, to lose weight, to improve your, you know, metabolic health markers. In fact, our whole program and our whole methodology that Craig's built is around training three to four days a week. You know, some of our best transformations, you know, I interviewed a lady a few weeks on the podcast, Elzep. She's down 26 kilos. She eats just under 2000 calories a day, trains three days a week. You know, when you follow the system, you can get amazing results by eating more and, and, and training less. So this seven day program is, you know, everything that you need to go to, to need to know to set you up so that you can, in fact, you know, break free from these crazy low calorie, low carb diets. You know, you don't have to spend hours and hours doing cardio in the gym. You can improve your health. So we're going to teach you how to train. We're going to teach you about progressive overload. You know, activity levels are really important. Meal plans, food lists, you know, all education around our, around pro metabolic eating, why we eat the way we do. 
Um, and you also get two weekly live coaching calls with myself and Craig for the first month in the program. Um, you've got programs you can do at home or a program you can do in the gym, full video exercise library, discounts off all of our supplements as well. Um, and, you know, we decided that we would actually give a money back guarantee on this program because we are so confident in our methodology and the results we've got for women. If you actually follow this process, oh, sorry, we'll also teach you about tracking. We're going to teach you about my fitness pal. There's a whole my fitness pal video library in there as well because the tracking is really important and something that I have found really freeing. And we're going to talk about that in this podcast, but you get all of that for $27, one-off payment, lifetime access. Like I said, you get those um, four weeks of the live coaching calls with myself and Craig. And yeah, if you don't believe that you can get results using our methodology at the end of the seven days, I mean, obviously not gonna, you're not going to get to where you want to be in seven days, but you simply just need to email us and we will give you a refund. So I'm going to drop the link to that program in the show notes. We're super excited. Um, about, you know, working with getting all these new women into the, into the program and, you know, just showing them a better way, a healthier way, a more enjoyable way where you can eat real fucking food again. Um, Okay. That's it. So let's, let's get into the podcast. So number one, tracking your food. So if you want to lose weight, tracking your food intake and eating in a small calorie deficit. So Craig, do you want to talk about this? Yes. So yeah, I just want to keep this high level because uh, this is not a super long podcast. We've already this is not a super long. So I'm podcast talking about and, Craig, and, and, and we're we're, t- <laughs> we're talking about um, you know the, the 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 best strategy in in order to you know achieve a weight loss goal, right? Um, you know, there's there's plenty of argument around should you track or should you not track. We're not going to talk about. It. We're just going to point towards the fact that in order to get an objective result which is seeing, uh, you know, weight loss. So if you've got to lose 10 kilos, you're like, I've got to lose 10 kilos. That is a, an, an objective result. So the only way you can achieve an objective result is by using objective measures to make sure that you are progressing towards that goal. Because unfortunately, you can't just go, I want to lose 10 kilos and click your fingers. You wake up the next day and those 10 kilos are gone. It is a process like, like everything. And... The, the simplest way to get to that specific goal is to create a small calorie deficit. Now, without, you know, and, 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 and this process is going to be set up, um, you know, the, the, the method that we use is the same for everyone, but everyone's different in the fact that, you know, we, we take into account, obviously, age, you know, height, uh, your current body composition, activity level. So there's a, n- a number of factors of how we work out that small calorie deficit. But the reality is uh, whatever uh, amount of calories is maintaining your body weight right now, generally we like to start with anywhere between a 10 to 15% deficit below that. And that's basically going to, you know, create uh, the motion of, you know, on a weekly average, your weight coming down within a percentage of body weight that we want to be seeing loss per week. Now, generally we work off a, 0.5 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week. So from that perspective, depending on your starting body weight and how much you've got to lose, you can kind of reverse engineer that and sort of say, well, this is how many weeks on average it's going to take me to achieve my goal. Now, progress isn't always linear. You have heard Kitty speak about that many times over. We have life, we have ups and downs, we have ebbs and flows that we need to manage. So it's not going to be a, a, a perfect thing that happens because life does happen. But the reality is, 
um, if we're doing everything correctly um, and we're adhering to um, tracking your food and understanding your total intake um, each and every day, you can then very easily measure um, your body weight on a daily basis, which then is going to add up to a weekly average. And then you can compare those weekly averages over you know, one, two, three, four, five week period, et cetera. And if you're falling within that 0.5 to 1% of body weight loss per week, then you're achieving your goal. Because that's generally when we look at the literature is what's going to allow for the retention of muscle tissue, lean body mass, um, but also avoid any of the down-regulation effects of metabolism. So you can't move away from the point that if you want to lose weight, you need to be in an energy deficit. Um, that is generally always going to be created with food. Yes, exercise and movement is a component of the, the uh, calories out equation of that. But at the end of the day, the biggest influencing factor is just how much you stick down your neck. Um, would, would you agree though, Craig, that I feel, and I used to do this too, is that I would, because I didn't track and I just had no idea how much I was eating or what I was doing. So then I would go to these ridiculous extremes where I'd go, I'm going to eat 1200 calories, yeah. which meant that I could stick to it for a while, I'd lose weight. But of course it's never sustainable. You binge yes. eat, you know, so, you know, it, it's really, I find it fascinating in our program, how like these, like even today on Instagram, that one, a client in our program, she's like, oh, I've been in the program 16 weeks, you know, she says, I can't believe I'm eating, I'm down like 14 and a half kilos. I just can't believe I'm eating all this food and amazing food that I love, like potatoes and fudge and ice cream and, you know, um, and the reason they feel like they're eating so much food is because they're always doing these dumbass low calorie diets. And when you actually get consistent with tracking and you eat the same thing or similar things on a day-to-day basis and you get consistent you'd be surprised at how much more food you can actually eat and still stay within that small calorie deficit. And it's so much easier to be consistent. Like when you actually eat food, you love every single day. Like I eat ice cream. I'm not saying you need to eat ice cream, but you know, I eat ice cream every night for dinner. You know, I eat food. I enjoy, I eat air fry hot chips every day for lunch, which I love. I love, you know, I just eat all the food. I drink orange juice. So it's super easy for me to be consistent because I'm eating all these foods that I enjoy. So, you know, I think, one thing you can do is just stop jumping on these next fad diet. It never works. It never works. If it worked, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, you know, you know, do the basics consistently. You know, you could just get an app like my fitness power, track your food intake, track just everything that you eat over a two week period, and then see what happens with your weight. You yep. know, does it go up? Does it go down? Does it stay the same, but be honest. And then from there you could, you know, work out like if you want to be in a small calorie, just do 10% and be consistent. And, and, you know, then obviously we'll talk about some other things, um, but the tracking the food, you know, I, I think too, I always, and I can relate to women who say that they have a negative sort of, I don't know, they feel negatively about the tracking. Um, cause I always used to track, but it was always to eat 1200 calories. And when I realized that I could eat more and I could really, you know, it helped me feel good and sleep well and perform in my training, it, did, it didn't become such an issue. And I think to a lot of women where they go wrong is that they, um, you know, they don't plan in advance. So if you're just in my fitness power tracking every day, that is going to feel stressful. So plan in advance, start tracking your food, you know, eat in that small calorie deficit. So that's number one. Number two, get adequate protein. So this is a huge one. Craig, do you want to talk about this? Because so many women, they come into our protein, they're just under eating protein and over eating fat. And that again, comes back to the tracking. So if you don't track, you don't know. Yeah, correct. So again, when we're, we're talking about weight loss, um, ultimately we, what we want of that weight loss is majority fat loss, 
right? So when we're talking about weight loss, it, that's kind of encompassing everything. It can be fat, it can be muscle, it can be glycogen, water, a whole bunch of things. But really, at the end of the day, we just primarily want it to be fat. Now, if we're um, eating the appropriate amount of protein, we are then going to be at least maintaining our lean muscle mass. If we're then weight training, it's absolutely crucial that you be eating the appropriate amount of protein to re repair that muscle tissue. Um, but also, um, you know, people don't realize that um, uh, you know protein offers a, a high thermic effect. So um, if you're eating enough, uh, you know you you can get a a bump in the thermogenesis purely from just hitting a protein target every day. But if you don't have a target to hit and you're not tracking that, then it, it kind of becomes pretty hard. And I think, you know, for most people, they're pretty intuitive. Like they know that, um, you know, uh, you know, steak and chicken and eggs and all that give, give us protein. But there's usually with most animal-based proteins, uh, there's always an inherent level of fat that comes with those. And if you're not sure of the, the portion size and how much protein is in that, and if you don't know how much protein, you potentially don't know how much associated fat com comes with that, um, then that's where, you know, managing um, your body weight and, and from the amount of calories that you're intaking can be a little bit tricky because you've got to remember that um, per one gram of uh, protein is four calories, but per one gram of fat is nine calories. So it's over double the amount of calories. So if you eat a really fatty piece of steak, for example, you know, people are like, oh, but it's protein. It's not too bad. It's like, yes, it is. That's true. And you want to hit that. You're going to get that bump. But if it's got a, a lot of extra fat with it and you're not measuring that, that can kind of put you out of, you know, sync with how many calories you're consuming. So um, I think it's just really, really, really important to understand that point. But protein and understanding the, the amount that you need based off your body and hitting that on a daily basis is certainly going to make uh, your, your weight loss goal a lot more efficient, a lot easier. And there's also um, protein comes with an inherent um, society effect. Uh, satiety satiety yeah probably yeah <laughs> you never say that. um so it just it just it takes longer to digest so it's just going to keep you full for a little bit longer which can also aid in uh, your, your ability to maintain um the amount of food that you should be eating and what's a range for protein for protein yeah just a range yeah so i mean if you're if you're look generally as a rule of thumb you know one gram per pound of body weight is is the general standard Right, so if you if you you know if you're a uh, 140 pounds, for example, you'd eat 140 grams of protein. You know, if you if you're doing in kilos, just times it by two, and then you can kind of do that. But that's generally going to put it, you know, potentially a little bit higher, and that's not always inappropriate because if you're somebody who weighs, um, you know, 200 pounds, for example, you know, most women don't need 200 grams of protein, so it's not always the best use, and I think. Um, you know, protein should be based off lean, lean body mass, so how much muscle you have. But that's also a hard metric to kind of use as well. So I, I think as, as another rule of thumb to kind of put you in the ballpark is just take your height in centimeters and then literally convert that to grams of protein. So if you're, you know, 165 centimeters, you can kind of go 165 grams of protein. But anywhere around that protein is a range, you know, anywhere from 0.8, grams per kilogram up to you know the 2.2 which would be one gram of protein per pound of body weight anything in that range is generally going to be fine 
Um, obviously, if you're a physique athlete, it's going to get a little bit more specific, but for the most part, for, for general population, anywhere in that range, as long as it's consistent per day, will be perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Cool. Number three, training and the type of training doing strength training. So I, when I met Craig, was I used to do like like the dumbest one of the dumbest things. I thought it was the right thing back then. Like I just did, you know, um, so much RPM. I did pump class. I did, you know, I do lots of circuit style training, box jumps, and just run around the gym. You know, you know, I did heaps of hit cardio. Like I, I get up and train. For, I don't even know how I used to do this. Get, I have my black coffee catch the bus into the city, do an hour of hit cardio. So 20 minutes on each elliptical, then on the um, bike and then on the, you know, the running on the treadmill. And then I'd go and do an hour of just like random weights um, or fasted. So, you know, and I always just thought, oh, you just got to burn more calories, Kitty. You've just got to burn more calories. And then when I met Craig, he's like, Kitty, like, so what do you want to look like? And I was like, you know, showed him some fucking fitness model that has like, you know, that looks muscular and, you know, athletic. I was like, I want to look like this. And he's like, well, they're a strength athlete. They're strong. They train like a strength athlete. You know, they can deadlift, they can bench, they can squat, you know, they can do these various exercises and heavy. And I'm like, can you, he's like, can you do that? I'm like, no, well, he's like, show me how you do it. So I showed him how to do a deadlift, showed him how to do a squat. And he's like, put the bar down. Um, and you know, he really taught me how to lift and I fell in love with lifting and the actual art of lifting and I got strong and then my body started to look different and it started to change and I could eat more food. And I really feel like this is where so many women go wrong because they don't actually know how to lift. They don't actually know how to lift with the right intensity or effort and they don't follow a structured program. So can yeah. you talk about that? Yeah. So again, I think you know, from the perspective of gaining muscle, I think we all intuitively know that you need to lift weights, right? It's pretty easy. You lift weights, your muscles grow, right? It's a pretty, pretty straightforward process. Um, but again, like anything, there needs to be some specifics in that in order to get an, an outcome that's, um, you know, significantly more than what you have now. So there needs to be a, a few frameworks within that. So one of them is... Um, your training execution so you need to understand you know whatever exercise you're doing whether it's a squat or whether it's a bicep curl how to make sure that you are targeting that musculature through the full range of motion with control all right so that's that's what we define as good training execution your full range of motion with control and that you know that the muscles that are supposed to be working are working right after that is your training effort so how close to muscular failure you can train, like true muscular failure where you've still got that fantastic execution, but the reps are slowing down to the point and you're kind of pulling some weird sort of faces and maybe grunting a little bit, you know, because it's, it's, it's hard and it's burning and it's uncomfortable, but this is what we refer to as, as effective reps. If, if each of your sets don't get to that kind of point, then you are not creating the appropriate mechan mechanical tension which is the main driver for your muscles to grow. So everyone can lift weights, but if it's not with the right execution and the uh, appropriate intensity of effort, then you can lift weights all day, every day, and nothing's really going to change. You have to give that appropriate stimulus for your muscles to actually grow. And then within that needs to be a framework that allows that progression to continue long-term. So there has to be an element of progressive overload. So either adding more weight to the bar over time 
or achieving more reps with the same weight over time. They're the two main metrics that we like to measure. And based off that, how much you can actually do, so the volume of work is going to come back to your recovery. So if you're really good at your training execution and you're really good, at, uh, uh, have a really high effort on a per set basis, then depending on what else is going on in your life, like how busy you are, you know, your scheduled kids, all that sort of stuff, you know, what we generally find is most people can, can do all that and create a really good physique, doing it three or four times a week. And that just generally tends to coincide with most people's schedule. You know, I'm sure there are some people within our program that they would love to train six days a week because they just love being in the gym. But the reality is their life isn't set up for it. So trying to beat yourself, uh, you know, into a brick wall by, you know, training lots and then trying to work and then schedule with kids and all of this stuff that's going on in your life is just an unsustainable approach. And the reality is you just don't need to do it that way. If you can can tick off all of those factors that I mentioned earlier, three or four days a week is more than enough uh, to train. And uh, yeah, I'd say everyone, everyone that's done a testimonial or had a, a you know fantastic transformation within our program has only ever done, the majority of them only trained three days. There's a few of them that have trained four days. And again, it, it really doesn't matter all that much. It really comes back to those fundamentals, training execution, training effort, and your, your ability to progressively overload over a certain amount of time. So, you know, get those fucking stupid RPM classes and classes and boot camps and hit, you know, like. Yeah, that's, that's not training. Lifter, right? The, you know, the, those, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, those, those things are designed to make you sweat and feel like you've done something. And, and if it's the difference between someone sitting on their ass and getting up and doing one of those, obviously that is a great option, all right? That doing some sort of exercise is great. But if we're being specific, and like I mentioned earlier about having an objective result that you're trying to achieve, then you know you need to have those metric in, metrics in place in order to achieve that result. So again, kind of like the tracking your food, you need to track how you train, you know how much effort you're putting in, you know uh, how much weight you're adding to the bar over time. All of these things are going to give you the best indication into your your longer term progress. And it's super empowering. Like I've never met a woman who's got strong going. No, oh, I kid you, I hate it. It is honestly the most, oh, yeah. you, I still love it to this day. I will be lifting until I'm a granny until we're like a hundred years old. I'll be like that, you know, that video that goes around that black lady that's 70. Yeah. yeah. She looks awesome. She's a bodybuilder. Yeah. That's totally me, but deadlifting and squatting. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's honestly is the most empowering, exciting of one of the most empowering things I've ever done. Okay. Yep. Number four is activity levels. Now, I yep. feel like this is a really underrated one and, you know, I've probably only really noticed it th- as much, I've noticed it so much now since we've got these bloody aura rings. So a while ago, Craig wanted to get these aura rings. He actually loves the data. And um, so, you know, we've got the aura rings and then, so now we can see how many steps we do a day. And I just do so many steps. Like he's just That's like, crazy. how, how are you just getting like 5,000 more steps than me consistently a day? Cause I just don't, like to sit down a lot like I go we go for the same walk in the morning but I just seem to like I'll get up I don't like to sit at my desk for long periods of time and I'll get up and you know so it's just really um has been so interesting so can you talk about movement and activity levels yeah so again when we're talking about you know if the goal is is weight loss um one of the the biggest components of the the calories out equation is your activity levels you need how much movement you do in a day. So again, if we bring it back to a, you know, a, a simple example, 
you know, somebody who's um, sitting on their ass all day at a desk compared to someone who, say, works in a warehouse and is just, you know, packing boxes and walking up and down and, and you know, super active all day, naturally they're going to have an easier time maintaining their weight because they're just way more active. So, again, um, you know, the reason that I, I got the aura ring, uh, I don't like wearing watches, um, but at the end of the day, you can use, you know, there's the Fitbits and there's the Garmin's. There's so many different, you know, step trackers on the market these days. Um, and they all work. They're all going to give you, you know, a, a rough indication. You know, some are more accurate than others. But at the end of the day, if you keep using that same device over time, you're consistent in your measurement, which is the most important thing. And it can just give you a good indication throughout the day that, hey, I've got a, a movement target that I, I want to hit. Um, you know, and it's getting late in the day, I better get up and, and do something, you know, and it and can also allow you to kind of start thinking about your days and, uh, you know, uh, it breaks, you know, it's just like, okay, every time I eat, I, you know, I get up and I go for a 10 minute walk, right? And, and that, that can be a really, really effective way, especially for people who are busy to be able to hit a certain step target per day. But again, uh, you know, at a basic level, why do we do it? it it's, it's another factor that, we can objectively measure that's going to help with our weight loss journey. So obviously the amount of food that you eat is always going to have the biggest influence on weight, but certainly your activity levels throughout the day can influence that. And I don't think anyone can argue that getting up and moving around always makes you feel better. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you know, seeing your ass, you know, certainly from, you know, when we look at a lot of the, the literature these days um, around, you know, the obesity epidemic and, uh, um, you know, things that can be done to improve that, you know, people just getting off their ass and just doing something is, is better mm. than doing nothing. Um, and, you know, if, if you're someone who can create more activity, you know, and it could be as simple as, you know, just little things like, you know, when you go to the shops, do you park right in front of the, the store doors or can you park, you know, at the last car park and you know some people go oh that seems really inconvenient and so it's like yeah maybe it is but that could be a, a just one simple strategy of of thousands that you could do to just create um you know more activity within your day and i think all of these things work towards improving you know just a healthier lifestyle in general so yeah activity levels really really good for um just helping you with that weight loss um, or even just maintaining your weight Mm. The more active you are, essentially, the more food you can eat. So you know, that's never a uh, that's never a downer. You know, for the most part. One thing too, and I don't know whether this is actually related to this or even is the reason why. But you know, we talk often about like I just never really get injuries ever. Yep. You know, because I don't you know, ever sit for really long periods of time. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, because you. I mean, you just. You, you, you're not sitting, um, you know, and most people when it, when it comes to lifting, you know, they've either got hip or back issues. And, and a lot of that is going to be, you know, tightness through the glutes and through the hips because uh, you're constantly sitting um, in, a, in a hip flexed position. So naturally our bodies aren't designed to sit for really, really long periods in this one position. We're meant to move. We're meant to stay mobile. And, uh, you know, if you're just getting up, you know, and, and moving around, you know, even it's just every hour, just literally getting up and, and stretching, you know, for just a few minutes um, mm. can just really offset that. And uh, yeah, it, it is an interesting observation for you because um, sometimes I walk past, you know, your desk and you're sort of sitting 
in your chair a little bit weird. You've got one leg sort of sitting there and you're sort of leaning to one side and whatever, but I think that's probably more attributed to your um, attention span and, uh, you know, <laughs> just moving around um, because you've got ants in your pants. Uh, so you're never in this one awkward position for too long to ever cause any issues. So, um, yeah. <laughs> And so, like, you know, obviously, if you've been doing no steps, you should build up gradually. But I've just noticed this is just an observation, again, of me observing you with clients and people in my program. Like, you typically try and get people to do eight to 10,000 steps a day. Yep. Yeah. 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 And again, like, when we look at all of the research that have, that have been done, um, uh, you know, in, in terms of improving health outcomes, you know, mm. generally, eight, eight, thousand plus steps per day is generally what we see anything below that there's no real changes mm-hmm. um but when, when we were talking about improving um you know hba1c which is the main marker for you know diabetes generally mm-hmm. and blood pressure um cardiovascular issues you know like these things tend to be lowered when people are um you know more active and and generally that level is sort of eight thousand plus per day so yeah, I, I, I think it's, and again, it depends on the person's goal, um, depends on how quickly the person wants to get to their goal. And obviously you need to assess, um, you know, you know, someone might go, oh, look, I want to use steps as a goal. I, I want to try and aim for 15,000. I'm like, do, do you realize how many steps that is, like how much time you might need to dedicate to that, especially if you're a, a desk worker? That's, that could be a bit difficult. So again, it needs to be relative to the individual and how much they can do, but generally, yeah, uh, you know, eight thousand is 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 kind of the baseline, and we might need to work up to that. And and even for myself, like I, it's probably been about I don't know how long we've had the oil rings now. It's probably been been after, over twelve months. Um, you know, and and like most things, same with with nutrition tracking. You know, I I was um, over exaggerating how many steps I thought I was doing in a day. I was I was pretty convinced that I was doing at least ten thousand steps. And then when I got my oil ring, I was barely doing half of that you know the, the little walk down to to the beach in the mornings to, to go for a swim or something like that and which i wasn't doing in winter like when, when you actually start tracking it you're like oh wow i'm i'm actually quite lazy <laughs> um uh, you know it's certainly compared to you anyway so again i think just offering that metric you can only go wow okay well i, I need to start thinking about ways that i can make my day a little bit more specific towards improving activity and I think it's been really, really good for me. Like just, mm. just going, okay, just check out throughout the day. All right, let's get up and just go for a walk and just made that a habit. Every time I eat something, I just, I set my timer for five minutes and I will just walk, you know, left or right of the driveway. It doesn't really matter. Just keep walking. And once I hit five minutes, I turn around and come back. So mm. I've, I've done a 10 minute walk and, uh, you know, doing that a couple of times a day can, can make a, pretty significant increase into just general activity levels so who doesn't want to eat more food too i think exactly. that's one of the reasons why i like to be strong and i mean i don't purposely try to walk the steps i just seem to do it but i'm like i just really like eating food yep so I- <laughs> yeah look i i think i think it, you know when i present it to clients i'm like well you, you've got two ways you can approach this number one you can um be in a low energy flux state which is where you uh don't move much throughout the day but you also don't eat much. Mm. And then you can be in a high anti-flux state where you eat more food, but you also eat more. Uh, so you're also moving more. more. 
Mm. So which would you prefer? Uh, and, and most people are like, I, I want to be able to eat more food. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So there's no perfect solution, only trade-offs. Yeah. So we've got to look within that because I'm because again, I've had people go, yeah, cool. So let's set like 20,000 steps. It's like, whoa, 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 oh, hold on yeah. a minute. Do you <laughs> let's have, be realistic. Do you have any under, understanding of exactly how like 20,000 and what that's going to require? So let's just, how about you start tracking your activity levels like you would for your food for the next few days? And let's just see what your current average is. And then, you know, we look at it and it's like, okay, you're only averaging four or 5,000 steps per day. All right, cool. It's not going to take all that much to get to 8,000. Let's just add in a specific walk, 20 minutes, maybe at the end of the day when you come home at night, you know, whenever we can fit it in, let's do it. And then let's reassess, you Mm. know, and then can you go to 10,000? And and again, it's just, it's it's just a trade habits, isn't it really? 100%. Yep. It's just like you try to do a million things, you just end up doing the shits because you can't do it, and then you don't do anything. Yep. So it's building, you know, you look at people who are in good shape and have good health markers, there's certain things that are habits for them. Yep. You know, they get 10 to 15,000 steps a day, they consistently shrink train three to four days a week, they mm. track their food, or at least roughly track. You know, I think when you get to maintenance, you don't have to track as strictly. Um, yes. you know, you can, you know, um, eat, a, you know, just don't have to track it strictly. Um, you know, yeah. they do that. They prep food every week, you know, and the last one we want to talk about is they also prioritize, which I'm all, always anal about. And it's a bit easy for us because we don't have kids. So I think you've got young kids waking up. You can't do anything about that. You've just got to try and offset the stress as much as you can yeah. by making sure you're eating enough and, you know, doing some red light and not flogging yourself with training, obviously. But, you know, if you are able to sleep through the night, don't have kids waking you up. I think sleep and recovery, prioritizing those things. Like, you know, Craig, he used to get the shits to me, doesn't anymore, but I'm like, okay, all right, we're going to bed at eight o'clock. We eight o'clock. I'm like, I, I, cause I don't, cause now we live in this three-story house. So he, he sits upstairs in the man cave. He calls it and he watches this NBA season pass that he's got plays his fucking PlayStation. And then I get to sit downstairs and watch my shows. So like at about quarter to eight, I'll send him this message going, like it's time to come down. You need to come down. <laughs> Just to oh, hang on. You need you, you need to do it in the in the voice that you actually send it to sausage. Me. <laughs> That's what I say. I said him this dumb voice. Sausage. It's time to come. It's bedtime. He's probably like fuck off. But it's really made a difference to our sleep. Hey, like because by the time he comes down, we tidy up the kitchen. You know, have our nightly supplements. Go upstairs. You know, we have, to have a shower. Yep. You know, do all that sort of shit. And then by the time you get into bed, it's 8.30. Then we read our book and have our red light on. So we're asleep by nine. Yes. You know, and then we get up, we sort of wake up around five. You know, yeah. so it's allowing us to actually get, you think a lot of like, I mean, I was talking to one of our good friends and clients in the program and she's like, oh, you know, I really need to get better in my sleep. Like I just, you know, get to nine o'clock and then I'm fucking scrolling through Facebook and, you know, Instagram. And, you know, by the time I get to bed, it's 11. And then I'm still getting up early. You know, like, and how many people do that? You know, and I think there's obviously, we're not going to dive into the benefits of sleep. This, that's a podcast for another time, but there's so many benefits to like sleep, not only recovery, but other things, but also even just your ability to stay consistent with your nutrition and your training. Because when you're tired, you're hungry, you're more hungry, you need to eat more food. You know, like how much easier is it you notice when you actually have a good sleep, you wake up, you feel so good. It's easy to stick to your meal plan. And then also it's easy to, to do your training. Um, you know, so it's like, I think that's one thing that nearly everyone I think could be better at. Yeah, uh, totally. And I, I think it's, a, it's, it's another thing when people are like, oh, I, you know, when I ask, I'm like, you know, what time do you go to bed? And they're like, oh, it's anywhere sort of between nine and 10. 
And I'm like, well, was it nine or is it 10? Is it closer to 10? How many? You know, it's like, 11. It's probably more like, well, it's probably, that's when they start getting ready to go to bed. And then by, mm-hmm. by the time they actually get into bed and they might read for a bit, by the time they actually go to sleep, it's usually a lot later than what they realize. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, you, you kind of touched on, uh, you know, uh, being able to stay consistent with your food. Um, and, and, and we know that, like, you know, like when you're stressed and, and, and being sleep deformed, Deprived is probably one of the worst energy. Have. Yeah. Um, you've just got no energy, you know. And I, I, I've also sort of spoken about before about motivation, you know. Like, mm. you know, I don't really like using the word motivation because it's a bit of a, a fleeting thing, you know. If you're motivated, you're going to do everything, and then when you're not motivated, it's, it's unlikely. Easy to, you, it's easy to feel like doing it when you're not. Yeah, you know, well, you're not. Everything. You're not going to be excited about executing if you're not motivated. So I'm <laughs> like, the best way to be motivated is get some fucking sleep. Like, yeah. like Really, yeah. you know, it's it's one of the most underrated things, and again, it's a, it's another discussion that I've had with clients before. You know, they're asking me about, oh, is there any more supplements I could take? You know, what about yeah. creatine? You know, should I be taking, yeah. you know, this? You know, it's going to help with my physique, and it's you know, and I just know that you know, looking at their their check in data, that you know, I keep looking at the sleep. It's like five hours or six hours or whatever, and mm-hmm. I just explain to them, I'm like, look, you you you. you you're overlooking one of the most important factors in terms of weight loss, body composition change, energy mm. levels, digestion, mood. Mm. Sleep affects everything. Mm. You know, when you're talking to me about what supplement you know, you, you should be taking to improve all of these or certainly improve your body composition and you're, you're overlooking sleep, it's kind of like you're, you're stepping over $100 bills to pick up nickels. Like it's a, it's a really backward prioritization Mm. and you know from from that perspective like it's like if you actually start again like anything you just track it and see what you're actually doing um you know and and just set yourself a thing it's just like i'm going to start getting ready for bed at 7 30 i'm going to make sure that i'm going to get into bed at eight you know no later than nine or whatever you yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't and have we, to be early as go, go, go to bed a bit but, later. But yeah. I would say that every hour before midnight, and again, you know, when when you look at a lot of the um uh, uh chronological kind of uh uh you know studies around sleep and and um you know sleep patterns and that sort of thing, it's it's it just seems to be there's always better outcomes the earlier in the evening that you can get to. Now, I, I totally, I'm sure there's some people rolling their eyes. They're like, obviously you don't have kids and this is not always practical. I totally get that. And I'm not saying, I'm saying you're doing your best, but if you can, you, you put the kids down and go, oh, I'm going to sit on Instagram for two hours. Maybe you sit yeah. on, well, don't Watch sit on TV Instagram. Or, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe read a book for half an hour and then go to bed. Cause I think, if you can get into that habit of doing those things, you'll find that your sleep quality is better. And especially mm. turning off devices, you know, mm. as much as you can before you go to bed is, is going to improve your sleep quality, but your ability to wind down and get in that pattern. And then when you go seven days of just being in that rhythm and you're waking up, just going, I'm feeling really refreshed. Boy, oh boy, you know, when you have one night where you have a shit sleep, you're like, oh, you're like, oh this the worst. sucks. Yeah, you know, yeah, like we, 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 like I turn into a pumpkin after 9 p.m. It's, you know, obviously the habit that I've sort of built, but you know, I get up pretty early as well because that's the way I like to do things. But you know, New Year's Eve, you know, we, we ended up having a much later we're night. Than I'm used to. Oh man, we were wrecked the next day. I'm, I'm useless for two days. Okay, you, it just it makes that, that, that big difference. Um, 
but I also feel like that's that's all the reason why I can you know train hard and recover pretty well because you know I'm prioritizing the things that actually matter and sleep is definitely one of those things so mm. Mm. yeah and we look at all of it I mean there's obviously a lot of other things as well like this isn't everything and there's as Craig says nuances he loves the old nuances to everything which of course mm. there is he always always have these jokes he's like oh you just hate the details don't you I'm like yeah 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 um <laughs> That's why he's the coach. Um, but, you know, if I look at our best transformations, health and body transformations, weight loss, body things, they've all nailed these fundamental things. And we're not taking, don't, saying don't take supplements, we take supplements. But if you aren't nailing this shit first, yeah, you know, the supplements aren't going to do it for you. You know, yeah. like focus on the fundamentals, the basics, stop looking for the quick fix, knuckle down and make these things habits, habits, habits that you just do. You know, like even, you know, we just got back into our meal planning, meal prepping and, you know, I just ate my full day of food, ate every three to four hours yesterday. I had such a good night's sleep last night. I was looking at my little sleep, oh, eight hours and 14 minutes, so much deep. You know, really all these things contribute to you reaching your goals and just feeling better and sleeping better. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. You just, yeah, stick to the fundamentals. Stop jumping. Yep. From, stop, don't get off. If you're listening to this, do these things. Don't go and do keto. Don't go do fasting. Don't go and do the next quick fix thing. Ask yourself, am I nailing all of these things first? Um, And jump in and do our challenge. Do our seven day, you know, jump on some calls with Craig and I, have a chat. You know, we're we're confident that we can get you results eating more, you know, not eating 1200 calories, training less, only training three to four days a week, walking daily. You know, it's not that hard, but you just have to do the basics um, and nail the basics uh, over time. That's it. That's it. Thanks, guys. And uh, that was a, went a little bit long because it was the first one, but uh, we'll be recording <laughs> more of these every single week. Hopefully, shorter ones. Um, so we will we'll see you next. Thursday.